I'm Josh with the City of Wapak, and we are back again with another community update. Aaron Jensen from the City of Wapak and Ron Sari from the School District of Wapaka. Hello, everyone. Hey there. Hey, Josh. Uh, first thing we want to talk about, we have a lot of different projects and concepts going on with both the city and school, and we'll go through some of those. The first one, uh, State Council heard kind of a conceptual plan and some ideas for the future of Churchill Street, one of the main corridors entering into the city. And Aaron, maybe you can speak a little bit on some highlights from that. Yeah, we uh, entered into a planning process several months ago, uh, solicited some some public input through the Halloween event and through a survey, which got, a, I think, over 160 responses from the public. Ron, I know we were just talking, you submitted your responses, so we appreciate that. Um, and last night was kind of the pre presentation of the, of the draft plan to City Council. We talked about a lot of different things, talked about um road diets and bike lanes and we talked about redevelopment opportunities um, and sites um we talked about potential collaborations and partnerships um and and all of it was just sparked good discussion now i think one important thing to remember is that like main street happened right and and we started the planning process a decade prior to main street happening there was some, if you remember, there were some pilot programs around City Hall. We had back in angle parking to see if the community liked that. We ultimately decided against it. Um, we did a, the stop signs. Uh, if you remember, they were stop lights and now they're stop signs. That was a pilot program to see how that went. Um, so we're not looking to do any huge infrastructure improvements unless we get some grant opportunities to do so from a Churchill Street perspective. Our, our capital planning still has Fulton Street really as our primary uh, priority. But having this planning document allows us to work if there are private redevelopments happening, making sure those redevelopments and the site plans are in line with kind of the future planning for that corridor. Um, and it also allows us to potentially be eligible for grant opportunities uh, for some improvements as it comes along. So sparked some good discussion at council last night. and. Uh, we're going to have it online. Josh, we just talked for prior to this. I know you're going to get it up on our website. Would encourage anyone to go on there, take a look at the presentation of the document and uh, give any feedback or ask any questions. Very good. Another uh, project we've talked about on here is a new neighborhood, new subdivision river north out near the business park. And there is some movement on some next steps, uh, maybe going toward a first development out there. Yeah. So we actually took kind of our final um, administrative step for what will likely be the first development in that area. Um, it is a, a WIDA tax credit project, uh, and which has been in the works for a couple of years. Uh, the city has worked with the developer, uh, Mosaic Development, for two years on applying for those very competitive tax credits, which many, many communities in the state are doing. Uh, we were awarded, uh, found out we were awarded last year in 2023, and that project is set to start in 2024. Uh, so there was a development agreement and that was passed last night between the city and the developer. Um, and it's going to result in 45 affordable housing units um, that will kick off that subdivision. So we're excited about that. Uh, something that's very needed across the state and across the country right now. Um, and this developer has a lot of experience in these types of projects, not only developing, but also maintaining uh, and operating them. So that will start in 2024. Very good. Another uh, project going on that's highly visible, the single point of entry projects at the schools and 
Ron, I regularly start on my walk, get past the Learning Center in middle school, and it's amazing how much shape uh, the whole project at the Learning Center, which is the biggest one, how far that's moving along, and it's look, starting to look nice. Yeah, that's that, that's for sure. You know, uh, we're pretty much completed with the other three buildings. There's just some, some minor things, but uh, the WLC is coming along terrific, and uh, if you walk by there now, Josh, you're going to see the brick veneer work is complete on that new addition for the single point of entrance. And the roofers are waiting for the weather to improve to start the <laughs> roof edge detailing. Uh, we also have the interior cold formed metal stud framing beginning right now in those new reception areas. The rough in work continues and uh, substantial completion is still scheduled for March. March of this year, so we're excited about that to hopefully get that all done just in a couple more months. Very cool. And, uh, you know, from the outside, you can kind of vision what it's going to look like, and it really fits that building really well. Thanks. Another uh, project that's going to become visible very soon are the upgrades at Lakeman Field. Fundraising was beyond successful, and um, approval was granted this week to get the poles and the lighting ordered, which should be ready for baseball season. Yeah, pretty amazing. It's been an incredible show again of community support. Um, we're blessed to to live where we do and be surrounded by the support that we're surrounded by. That's for sure. Um, and last night uh, we were able to sign into a contract with uh, Mus Musco Lighting. Uh, I actually have a local rep here that also wants to make this facility kind of the showcase facility when it comes to that type of amenity on a baseball field or in a baseball facility. So um, Musco also uh, contributed uh, and gave us basically all the bells and whistles for a, a very, very good price. Um, and that was bid out through a cooperative purchasing agency called Sourcewell. Um, and we're excited. Yeah, we're expected to have them ready for baseball season. Uh, and again, you know, th th that was really the primary focus of this capital project. And that cost us $300,000. There's been outside money raised that has well exceeded that. And we're fortunate enough to look at phase two uh, much sooner than we thought. So. And something else discussed this week that will be uh, taking effect soon. And, you know, with everything, prices are going up and uh, taxi fare rates in the city will be going up as well. And not not good news when things go up, but when you look at the increase, you know, they're fairly reasonable. It's not like you're being gouged, but just like everything in today's world. Yeah, so we will pack a taxi. A lot of people are, I'm sure are familiar with that. Uh, that is a program that helps provide, uh, well, it is funded by what's called the 5311 program. Uh, it's federal money that gets passed down through the state and administered by the Wisconsin DOT. Uh, we just entered in, we had to go through a process in which we basically rebid all of that. We worked with the DOT to do so. Uh, and then we entered into a contract with our same service provider that we've had for the past five years. Um, with inflation, costs went up. It's it's built on like an hourly rate. And a lot of that cost is covered through this federal money. Um, and then a lot of the cost is covered through the ridership fares, which are subsidized to a level uh, because of the federal money. Uh, but that being said, uh, we we did have to bring forward some proposed increases to those fares. Uh, and I'll just go through those really quick. Those are two go into place February 1st uh, for riders. 
an adult, their 2023 fare was 450 a fare. That's moving to $5 senior citizen, uh, 325. That's moving to 350. Student 325 is moving to 350. Uh, we do have a disabled ridership fare, and that's uh, 325. That's moving to 350. Out of town miles going up a quarter from 250 to 275, and then special fares two dollars to 225. So, um, yeah, you're right. Not not huge increases, but enough to uh, continue to keep that thing as a hopefully a self-sustaining service within the city. I'm going to close out with a neat little. Well, opportunity that some of your athletes and your athletic director had the opportunity, a sportsmanship summit, Ron. Yeah. Our athletic director is is Rob Shear. He's in his first year, and I could not say enough positive about his energy, his enthusiasm, his ideas, and the work that he does. He, he's doing a, a really fine job for us. We're happy. It, last week at our board meeting, he presented uh, to the board uh, a couple times, but one of them was interesting. It, it was about a, a sportsmanship summit that that he went to along with one of our coaches, Coach Jess Bank, a cross country coach, and and three student leaders, and and they were there presenting as well. These, these students, David Chesabowski, uh, Natalie Waller, and, and Greta Olson, and so what they learned was why sportsmanship matters. You know, in professional sports and division and clubs it's it's a little different than schools because we were an educational institution right we're education based and so that was a, a big part of the focus of this summit and, and students learned about supporting and instilling an exceptional sportsmanship experience for everybody for for the the student athletes, for the student spectators and the adult spectators in the community. Uh, they talked about letting students lead and passing the baton. So those upperclassmen, as they graduate and they pass that baton down to the lower class levels to uh, continue that positive sportsmanship uh, practices, they learned about an official, the officials perspective because Coaches and, and, and school uh, athletic directors get feedback from coaches. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good, depending on, on the behavior of the athletes. Uh, so a lot was given, a lot was shared, including how other school districts do this. But then at the end of, of the workshop, they put an action plan together and our students shared that. It was really interesting, a lot of positive comments. And uh, we're just happy that our students are interested in this and want to take this on and, and grow and continuously improve sportsmanship. It's just, you know it's a it's a good part of life to be a good sport. It's a like it's like having character and being a good person. Being a good sport, whether you're an athlete or a fan, it's character based. Very cool. Um, well, Ron, Aaron, appreciate the time to get the community up to date. Certainly a lot of projects going on and we will talk again in the coming weeks. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh.